You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And here we are again, the day before tomorrow. <laughs> Prelude to what we're going to be talking about here shortly. But before that, you know, well, since we're going to be talking about a, yeah, spoiler, time travel movie, we got kind of a time travel cigar. What are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week we have the Brickhouse Aged Original. And you might ask yourself, what is different about the aged original versus the non-aged original? And that's where I'm going to kick it to Joe to fill you in all the details. Well, it's aged. <laughs> so, uh... By God! Yeah, if you, if you follow J.C. Newman Cigars, you know, they have been uh, doing a major restoration of their El Rejole. I don't know, their original cigar factory down in Tampa. So, while they were kind of moving everything out of there so the so this you know over a hundred year old building could be brought back up to original standards they found a several boxes of their brick house original that they had stashed away in the basement for aging then pretty much forgot about so these things have been stored in uh in jc newman's basement for about 10 years and now they're available to the general public, or at least those and, that have a TAA store nearby. And why were they stored in a basement of all places? For special occasion. That, mm. And it's also the 125th anniversary of said factory, so... So uh, back 125 hey, years ago, I believe there was a mafia and some uh, extortion involved. Yeah, some of the other things they found during this like restoration was like a, a, a secret... Uh, staircase uh built in the 1930s that went down to like basically like a basement safe room where the manager could hide from tampa mafia that came through looking for extortion and whatnot and they also found some like some of jc newman's like original like travel cases and stuff and of course these 10 year old cigars the original brick house has an ecuadorian havana seed a habano wrapper with nicaraguan binders filler and fillers so if you've had the original brick house, I mean it's it tastes kind of similar, but like the I don't know the flavors uh, have kind of mellowed and are, have blended more than uh, than like the original. It's kind of a little bit smoother than you know like your fresh brick house off the off the shelf. Yeah, I think that probably the biggest thing is from what I remember a brick house and. Based on what she you marty, marty. is, that should have a little bit of spice to it, and this cigar here doesn't really have a lot of spice. So I was like, mm. and I was like reading, I was like, oh okay, so the kind of the aging process, like you said, is going to allow things to blend. So this is a you know little less spicy but more blended version. Yeah, and especially for those that have always wondered, like, you know, well. Wondered what aging does to a cigar, yet, like us, are too impatient to leave a cigar alone that long. 
like, you know, my humidor stays mostly empty because I pretty much just smoke shit as I get it. <laughs> so if you want to be able to try what aging's like without having to, you know, deal with the hassle of aging, now you can. <laughs> yes, so visit your local TAA brick and mortar. And I feel so, like we were supposed to talk about a sponsorship or something in here. Well, this week we're going to be talking, since we're talking about smoking this uh, aged cigar, we're going to talk about uh, The Tomorrow War on uh, Amazon Prime about fighting aliens in the future. And if you've got to fight aliens in the future, you should call on the Strike Force. StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerd for 20% off your order. Uh, any other coming tiny little tin pouches so it's easy to, like, you know, jump link to the future. You ain't got to carry as much shit. Yeah, you've obviously got, uh, you know, guns that never need reloading, so you can just stick a whole bunch in your magazine pockets, because those are basically useless. <laughs> in the future, ammo just generates itself. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. We are fighting a war 30 years in the future. Is this a joke? Our enemy is not human. We need you to fight. I got drafted. I will be back. Why is this happening? What about the teacher's deferment and the veteran's deferment? If I don't go, they're going to draft you in my place. But if something does happen to me, you and Mary will be taken care of. If something happens to you, Dan, 70% of draftees do not return. Sometimes a man does what's best for his family, not himself. Move your shirt, please. What's this for? It's just a test. Oh, a seatbelt. Was it a driving test? No, you don't have jokes in the future? This device facilitates your jump to and from the future war. One minute to jump. Oh, here, buddy. Take that. You just look around like that. How are you so calm? Long story. Yeah, ex military? Yeah. Kind of a short story, I guess. All right. Jump link engage. We're going to the future. Or going. actually, we're just going to like Prime Video to watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is the future? Because we'll probably be doing that in the future. But now is it past tense? Futured? Yeah. I don't know. Time travel is a confusing thing. <laughs> Even with a jump link. Yeah, I feel like every movie has to explain, like, their version of time travel. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine, like, you're just sitting down watching the World Cup, and all of a sudden it's like, we're the future you. No, not at all, because I would never be watching the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Why are fucking watching soccer? What the hell? <laughs> Football, man. Football. Yeah, we're talking about uh, The Tomorrow War, starring Chris Pratt, directed by Chris McKay. And this was a movie that uh, was originally supposed to be like a theatrical release. It was supposed to come out last Christmas, but due to pandemic and things closing, uh, eventually Amazon bought it for $200 million, and now you don't have to go to theaters, you just have to have an Amazon Prime subscription, and you too can watch this. I mean, for for to be on Prime, it was pretty good. I don't think that this was, I mean, obviously they got Chris Pratt's name, you know, front and center, but I don't, I don't know. To me, this just didn't scream, A, big screen worthy. You know, not saying it was bad or anything. I mean, it but... had a $200 million budget, so it was 
kind of. I'm not saying it was cheap. <laughs> I'm just saying that you know, quality right. It felt like a Amazon movie, not a summer blockbuster. I'll give you. I mean, it was supposed to be a Christmas blockbuster, but. <laughs> I mean, it did have the Christmas, you know, start to it. I mean, they were there at the Christmas party. Dude, this could be the new Die Hard. (laughs) It's a Christmas movie. (laughs) Yeah, it starts off. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Chris Pratt, uh, high school biology teacher uh, and former Green Beret, (laughs) is, uh, you know, trying to get a job with a respected kind of research firm and they, they, you know, turn him down and he's all depressed and watching you know, the world cup at some kind of Christmas party with his family. When all of a sudden a portal opens up in the middle of the stadium and soldiers from the future arrive, which you guys say that's like, this is why we need to start watching sports. <laughs> How are we going to know when the future arrives? Because we don't watch sports. I mean, that's pretty much like if you were traveling from the future or some kind of, or you were some kind of alien and you wanted to address the whole world, it's probably the best time to show up. Like, Hey, let's show up during like the most watched sporting event internationally. I mean, you could show up during the Super Bowl, but you may just get the Americans, <laughs> <laughs> but let's show up in the world Cup. America. So like everybody's watching, uh, you know, or like pop in during a McGregor fight or something, you know, it's, <laughs> You know, show up in the uh, in the middle of a uh, you know live TV broadcast, so they can just kind of like, and we talk to all you fuckers at once. Uh, there's aliens coming, and y'all are gonna be fucked. I mean, yeah, because eventually, yeah, I don't know, man. Time travel, like, it always like. I have to slow down and rewind every time there's a time travel <laughs> movie, because I'm just like. It just fucks my head. It's like, oh, now I'm in the present. Nope, no, nope, nope, future. Nope, <laughs> oh, 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 present. Uh, what? And that's where it's like every... I mean, so far, Doctor Who is the only one that can make time travel make sense. <laughs> you know, he's got a TARDIS. You, 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 you see him, you know, going across the way. I'm okay with that. This was like... Eh, if, if the Stargate was a swimming pool... That would be this. <laughs> yeah, it seems like every movie that involves time travel has to explain their version of time travel so it makes like sense in there. I mean, freaking whatever, Avengers Endgame, they had the one take on it that you can't really change the past and, and did their version of it. Well, in this world, they basically create a wormhole between two points in time and you, they, you know, they bring up like, "Hey, why don't we just travel farther back and land at like, you know, before all this shit started and stop the war from happening?" And they're like, "Well, it can't because basically it's like two rafts on the ri- on a river, and we have like a bridge between these two rafts, but they still keep floating down the river. So we can jump from that year to this year, but time in both locations continue to move forward. So we're not, we're never jumping back and forth to the same spot. We're." You know, like I said, it, the pre- the time in the present and the time in the future continue to move forward as we jump back and forth uh, between them. Man, that's got to be hard to, like, judge. To be like, hey, we're going to create this portal, but uh, time is still continuing and pl- 
planet rotations are continuing, and where we think we're going to land, we're probably not going to land. <laughs> well, you see that in the first jump they show her. You know, basically the rules of this, like, yeah, they come back, hey, we need help in the future because uh, aliens. And they also, like, you know, at first they take... You get a s- sweet wrist brace. <laughs> well, first they take, like, the actual military, and those guys get decimated within, like, the first couple of jumps, and, like I said, I think there's, like, a 30% survival rate. So they're like, we still need bodies, so they institute a international draft but since it's like you know time travel and they don't want to do paradoxes like they can only take people that are dead in the future and all the people that come back to train the future soldiers are super young so they're like all right it's people that haven't been born yet and people that are going to be dead when they get to the future which which doesn't give them the most uh i guess worthy specimens well I, i mean not only that but at the same time, it's like, well, if I'm dead, this obviously didn't end well. Like, that's got to be detrimental to morale and going into this battle. Well, it's like people that, like, you know, were not alive when the war started. So it's like, you know, people who, like, died in car accidents or the one guy uh, uh, was going to die in, of cancer in, like, six months. But also, we kind of jump from the initial, like contact to like 11 12 months later so it's like they're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel of like recruiting at that point so it's like yeah chris pratt's like retired uh green beret but it's like there's a bunch of like out of shape people and and freaking so, teachers and, and, and people that world, have like no business <laughs> fighting in a war and tomorrow world you and i are recruited of course but we're, we're in the early waves when when shit's still cool <laughs> We're not going to the late loser lady waves. <laughs> uh, I was like, hey, when's when's the fat guy uh, uh, wave start? <laughs> I mean, dude, you you could be the tank. Everybody needs a good tank. <laughs> I just said that one, like you know, kind of fat guy that uh, had the black rifle coffee t shirt and and the beard. <laughs> Dude, you made it. You survived. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sweet. I mean, staying out of enemy, you know, line of sight and detection. I mean, that's tactics, right? (laughs) Oh, but you got it. Surprisingly, uh, kind of inventive, though. I mean, there's. I've not seen. I guess this version of time travel in a movie before and also the the I mean, alien I, design like yeah, the set I design of it was was in there i've not, I've not the, seen the set design was not original we already discussed this off air it was stranger things okay <laughs> they, they they literally filmed stranger things and tomorrow world simultaneously in the same location now that was the freaking fear street movie <laughs> well but this too was filmed in atlanta so you know atlanta you know pretty much is every country at this point. It's like, it's, it's like it was filmed like in Atlanta and Iceland for like the glacier scenes, but <laughs> they probably went up to like one of those cold storage facilities and like Jefferson or something. <laughs> that's, that's where you got your ice from. Like we're in the Arctic. <laughs> yes. Cause it's a giant freezer. 
But yeah, I'm pretty sure like, yeah, like all the movies that have come out recently, I'm like, hey, is that Peachtree Center in Miami Beach? <laughs> yeah, you didn't know we had a beach in Peachtree Center now? Everybody's going to be so surprised when they come to Dragon Con and find the Peachtree Center Beach. <laughs> I mean, dude. Right next door to the TVA. <laughs> dude, it's still PCB. Okay? You don't even have to go to Panama anymore. Just go to Peachtree Center. <laughs> Peachtree Center Beach. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like the weird rules of this too. It's like, for some reason, it's like, hey, you're uh, you're all getting drafted, but you only have to spend seven days in the future, and if you survive, you'll automatically get pulled back to to now to live out the. And if you die, your your family will get money in the future, <laughs> or you know, get some money since you're now dead. I do like when. Uh, Chris Pratt goes in to get, uh, when he does get drafted, it's like the typical, like, you know, Chris Pratt wisecracking where it's like, Hey, come on in. We need to, need to get, do some tests. Uh, and they start strapping him into the chair and he's like, what's this for? Oh, it's just for, for test. So yeah, what kind of test? And they put like, start putting like seatbelts on him. He's like, seatbelts. Is this a driving test? And like, nobody says anything like, so do y'all not have humor in the future? <laughs> It's I like, no, like the, shit ain't funny in the future. We're all dead. I just like the fact, too, where, you know, they go to, you know, put on the, the forearm brace. It's like, you're going to want to bite down on this. Fuck it. No, I don't. <laughs> like, it's like, give me the bitey thing now. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, tell me what the fuck you're doing. He's like, get on my face or I'm going to bite your fucking fingers. <laughs> you know me about down on something. I will bite you, motherfucker. <laughs> Do you ever notice Chris Pratt turns more into, like, the dinosaurs? That you know he accompanies in other films, because <laughs> Velociraptors bite down on people. Now Chris Pratt's threatening to bite down on people. It's been spending too much time with the uh, with the dinos, with dinosaurs, and yeah, aliens. Him and Groot chilling, living the dream. <laughs> I don't know. This did not at all have a Guardians of the Galaxy feel to it, though. Yeah, there was no cool soundtrack that I remember, and there wasn't you know really. I mean, there was some humor to it, but, you know, I mean, it was pretty much doom and gloom. I would say maybe a, you know, I don't know. There was action, but then there was also a good bit of drama. I mean, which I guess if you're facing extinction, there's going to be drama. <laughs> Last thing, too, that I don't really... Trailers versus actual product. You know, it's like... Yeah, I feel like the trailers kept talking about, hey, you're all going to the future to fight aliens, but it never actually shows the aliens. And also, it like kind of looks more like a action or action comedy, you know. Like, but then it it actually had some like serious, kind of heartfelt moments uh, <laughs> throughout. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think anytime you're dealing with the territory of draft, not only that, but coupled with you are, you know, this future's, you know, only hope to prevent extinction. Like, I don't know. And then later on, you know, the big reveal of, you know, who some of these key players are in the future, which we'll get into. I mean, it, it, it's definitely worth a watch, in my opinion. Um, it just didn't quite seem to be, like... Yeah, dude, I'm jonesing to see this on the big screen. 
I was I was very content seeing it on the little screen in my house. I don't know, like I mean the action sequences were pretty epic scale. Like it may have been like actual better with a big screen and some surround sound. Yeah, you know, especially like the the big final battle on the uh the whatever oil rig thingy. I mean that thing just that was just a huge scale scene. That just reminded me of Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> like I kept seeing things and I'm like, this is a thing from another thing. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I I do like before if we even get to his eventual jump to the future to fight the aliens, like life on Earth knowing that we're all gonna die is like because it, it literally, like, from... There's probably 11 months, I think, from the time they arrive until Chris Pratt gets called up to go to the future. And his wife is working as, like, a uh, a counselor. You know, counseling veterans that have come back from the future war. And they're all, you know, fucked up, missing limbs. Because, like I said, there's, like, a 30% survival rate on anybody who's getting getting sent. Because most of them well, are I mean, not in again, fighting like- shape. Dude, could you imagine the PTSD from that shit? Like, just knowing that, hey, I made it, but we're still doomed. Yeah. Like, it's like, this. nothing we do here matters. And he, even him, when he's trying to teach his class, all his class is just kind of like, and he's finally like, all right, like, you know, if y'all don't want to hear what I'm teaching, what do y'all want to talk about? Yeah, and they're like, and the one Urkel-looking kid, who, swear to God, that dude looks like Urkel. He could be Michael, uh... Jai, whatever, Michael White, whatever uh, Urkel's real name, it could be his son, because that dude looked like fucking Urkel, legit. Kept raising his hand, or like, no, does anyone other than he want to, like, you know, talk to the class about something? It's like, no one, he's like, alright, what is it? Ancient volcanoes. Come on, guys! Volcanoes are cool! (laughs) But then, like, the one kid's like, dude, why are we even here? Like, we all know we're gonna die in 30 years, like... We're fucked. Like, why do we have to still go to school? <laughs> and the world, like, outside of that is like, you know, like I said, you know, governments are starting to kind of fight with each other. There's, like, riots in the street. People, like, you know, saying, why are we bothering to even continue to fight this war? Can't we just be fat and happy for the next 30 years and, and you know, not worry about the fact that we're all going to die? Fuck the future. <laughs> you know? I mean, if people were fatter, the aliens would get full faster and... It might have a survival chance then. <laughs> I mean, what if we create, cause the aliens to become obese? Then they're no longer as mobile and, <laughs> you know, they're they're going to be tired, wanting to sleep instead of mate and eat. They kind of had like a... Dude, they remind me of hyenas. Well, that name was like, almost like a beehive like a hive like like there's pretty much a queen or at least that's all we ever see and then like tons and tons of males dude it's alien so there's always a queen and you know she can kind of like scream and summon summon back up <laughs> i mean it's like spiders in a way only i don't think she ate the males just you know i don't know dude that's those are very bad odds, though. <laughs> There's a lot more males than female. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, uh, you know, later These on... aliens the... are, you know, real-life future version of Sausage Fest. <laughs> well, I was watching it with uh, 
<laughs> with Amanda. And like, she's probably the point, like later on in the film, it's like, and we'll, we'll kind of get to that eventually, but there's a point where only the female is left alive. And she's like, why are they still chasing her? If it's just a female, it's like, uh, if there's no more males left, she's not going to be able to breed. I'm like, y'all know that they never showed like the queen alien and the aliens movie having to like fuck before she, she just kind of like spit out <laughs> like, you know, eggs and so shit happened. Queen reproduces asexually. Yeah. And... It's like, it's kind of like, you know, whatever amphibians or can, Amphibians and I think fish too can both change sexes in a you know, limited thing, whatever. But yeah, it's like I was like, we don't know anything about alien biology. She may not need a man to like reproduce. <laughs> we gotta kill them all. Kind of like Pokemon. I oh, know that's catch them all. Yeah, I think it's generally frowned upon that you kill the Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. I don't know. At, at any point, did you start finding sympathy for the queen? Nah, fuck her. Okay. <laughs> but it's also them. Oh. But yeah, that, like after he gets uh, drafted and they load jack him with this sweet uh, arm bracelet. And like, we can now track you anywhere in, in the world. Uh, so you have 24 hours to get your affairs in order before. And if you try to run away, uh, you'll be imprisoned and you're of age family or spouse will take your place in the, in the draft. So he goes like, he, you know, has a father that left him, uh, abandoned him when he was young. And, but he's, who's now apparently operating as a mercenary or some kind of survivalist guy. So his wife's like, no, you got to do this. You got to go. Your daughter, your, your dad's a criminal. He knows to hide, how to hide. You got to go see if he can get the, get you out of this thing. And I got to say like JK Simmons, who plays, uh, Chris Pratt's dad, Dude, that was a badass character. He, he's definitely got the old man strength. <laughs> I mean, you know, that is, uh, that's as lone wolf as they come. Yeah, he's like hanging out in this old, uh, hangar with like a fucking badass, like, uh, Jeep and a freaking, uh, bullet Mustang and all this other shit. And he's like, he pulls a gun on, like, Chris Pratt when he first walks in. He's like, he's got like a big desert, you know, Desert Eagle 50 cal. And he's like, Whoa, and he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't recognize you with that metrosexual scruff you got going on. A man should either grow a beard or not. <laughs> yeah, that was humorous. Made me chuckle. None of these half-ass beards, man. You, you either grow a beard or you don't, you scruffy-looking nerf herder. Whoa, calm down there, Peach Fuzz. <laughs> Yeah, just like freaking that white operator beard and a shaved head. This is like the most badass J.K. Simmons has looked in a movie. Yeah, no, he definitely, like, for as not of a pivotal character as he's first alluded to, turns out to be quite the badass character. And even has, like, they kind of have, a like, an, an emotional moment, too, where he's like, you know, He's like, well, you never wanted my help. He's like, bullshit, that's all I ever wanted was your help. Like, you know, when you're helping, you know, mom died and all this other shit. And he's like, hey, I was fucked up when I came back from the war, you know. And as you probably, you've been to war yourself at this point. But literally, I was full of rage. I didn't recognize myself. And as bad as it was for you when I left, it would have been much worse if I had stayed. Because it's like, you know, I kind of sacrificed my family to protect y'all from, like, the monster that I, I felt like I was becoming. <laughs> 
but at first, you know, he's like, doesn't really kind of believe him until he goes to the future and has a change of heart. Yeah. You and he makes fun of him for, for carrying a 50 cal. He's like, he's like making up for having a small dick dad. <laughs> You don't know war unless you've been to war. <laughs> oh. But yeah, he refuses to let his dad uh, help him and gets sucked to the future. Gonna go back in time. <laughs> you struggling over there? <laughs> well, dude, I, uh, like, leaned back and I, I, I sunk below the table. <laughs> I was like... Uh, fucking office chair possessed by them aliens. I guess so. I don't know. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> I was trying to get low over here or something. Yeah, but when he goes to the, uh, I guess the center where they, where they, uh, send you to the future, it's, it, you know, they have it's like... weird. Like, I, I anticipated, like, getting to see some sort of a training regiment or... You know, something to kind of... But it's really... Hey, whatever you show up with, you know, weapon-wise, uh, you know, and I hope you can aim for the torso or the head. Like, well, they kind of have like a, a brief one. It's like, welcome to basic training. Uh, this is not going to be like any basic training you've experienced or heard of. We're not going to do any running. We're not going to march in formation. Like, I'm going to teach you how to shoot. And... That's it. But then... But then... You go on the mission, and it's like, uh, you need run, you need formation, you need somebody <laughs> with some sort of tactical coordination leadership, like... Well, so that's the problem, is they... I guess they've exasperated all of those resources <laughs> at this point. Well, they all get those, like, weird future guns, but the problem is, it's like they, and they, you know, like I said, his group is kind of particularly, looks like they're scraping the bottom of the barrel, but there's a lot of scientists, and that originally they're going to be divided into two groups one is like d platoon or whatever and the other one's like r which i guess stands for research so like all right y'all are people with the scientific knowledge y'all are gonna go help out the scientists and the rest are all will go help out the soldiers but we're gonna give you at least some kind of like basic training but then the science center gets attacked so they're like oh fuck we need y'all like to go in as like quick response unit so there's no time for, cause he, cause I was like, I thought we were gonna have like seven days to train before this launch. You're like, eh, shit happens. <laughs> so these people, like, not only are they, you know, with the exception of like Chris Pat and a couple others have any kind of combat experience. Now they have zero training either. And it's like, have a gun. Y'all go play. Good luck. <laughs> Embrace the sock guys. <laughs> and you got the one guy, uh, Charlie. Don't to change your socks. Who's, uh. Is that still a thing in the future? Probably. But they probably have future socks that change themselves by by that point. But yeah, Charlie is a like head of research at some. Whoa, we're in Vietnam. <laughs> Space Vietnam. <laughs> uh, of uh, some big research facility, but yeah, literally, dude has like never picked up a gun in his life. And as they're they're kind of lining up to get you know warped to the future, he's like struggling, like with his trying to figure out how to put the magazine in his gun. And Chris Pratt comes up, and he's like, Nah, buddy, here you go. Let me untangle your sling. Here's your magazine. Bullets go in here. Rack it there. And he's like, wow, you're, how are you so calm? Like, you really know this stuff. He's like, well, it's a long story. He's like, you're a, you know, you're a soldier, right? And he's like, oh, well, I guess it's not that long of a story. Yeah, I've done this before. Maybe not with these weird little, like I said, they, 
that's the thing people have been making fun of them online is they kind of put together these little machine pistols to, I guess, try to look like something for the future. But they're like, basically in real life, they're like seven inch ARs with like a giant freaking, almost like shotgun stock on them and like huge magnified scope on this little seven inch barrel. You know, if you're going to the future to fight aliens that are almost bulletproof, you probably want something of a higher caliber, or at least a longer barrel, so you get the most out of <laughs> the caliber you're using. You tried to shot for ammo lately? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, AK ammo is still cheap. They should have just gave them some AKs. Those would have probably still worked in the future. <laughs> I mean, yeah, seven-inch barrel. I mean, maybe you can't get the infinite, you know, magazine on a uh, AK in the future, though. I mean, because these guns came with infinite magazines. Oh, no, they did run out occasionally. They had to switch to pistols. But I've never seen anyone re- reload their rifle. <laughs> At least not during battle. They, like, after like they broke contact, there might have been some scenes of, you know, let's change out some magazines now. But, yeah, those those little full-auto pistols were shooting, like, thousands of rounds before. Uh... <laughs> but, like, all right, we need to edit in a, 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 a... He runs out of ammo here so he can pull out his Kimber forty five and shoot the thing in the face so it looks cool. <laughs> Yeah, that was the only thing with this. Like, everything was so rushed. There was no sweet gear up montage. Well, you did see him, like, you know, going in his locker, pulling out his forty-five. That's not a gear up montage. <laughs> there was no sweet eighties hair metal or, <laughs> you know, just like a wall of toys to choose from. Like, I don't. Know, we got a little bit of a gear up montage in the second half of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, but that's because his dad's a badass. Yeah. So, like, yeah, they... And that and that's not only these people underprepared. When they first get teleported to the future, they fuck up the coordinates. They're like, hey, you gotta go save our... Uh... I told you that. Rotation is a hell of a thing. <laughs> so, like, don't worry. Like, They're like, squat a little, brace your knees. It's gonna drop you about five to ten foot off the ground. No, it dropped them in the fucking sky. <laughs> Over Miami. And it's just like, it's raining men. <laughs> and, and, like, and and women. Yeah, I mean, it was raining. Like, you know, pretty much most of the, what looked like about 100 people that got sent to the future, yeah, most of them got splattered all over the Miami slash Atlanta skyline. You know, the only people that survived were ones lucky enough to fall into a rooftop pool. Even then, even then, I don't think it'd be survivable. No, from the height they were falling, you fucking hit a pool. It's like, Land on concrete. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, there's not enough depth, you know. I mean, even if yeah, it did look like he landed in the shallow end, <laughs> and not to mention, like, you're landing with motherfuckers landing on you. Like, like I'm surprised everybody didn't drown themselves trying to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was definitely not a uh, Normandy beach landing. It was definitely, yeah, it was, it was bad. And he's like, all right, uh, you're the only one with experience. Uh, you're in charge now. So uh, we need you to go rescue these these scientists. And I like the other kind of... There's like three or four dudes that that uh, get sent with them that are people that have like basically... You know, the whole thing is you do your seven days, you're done. But these people had survived multiple deployments and were still signing up to go back... Uh, uh, what the hell is the guy's name? Uh, I keep wanting to say Dorian. Reese, but that's, that's the book we're <laughs> that's reading. 
<laughs> which will also star Chris Pratt. <laughs> but yeah, Dorian, he's like, uh, uh, yeah, finds out he's dying of like cancer, and he's because they, they tell him like, hey, you're coming because you're not going to be alive in the future. And I think Chris Pratt they said he'd die in six years, but this guy's going to die in six months, and he's like, I'd rather die fighting than you know die in a hospital back home. So he keeps signing up and. You know, he's such a badass that he keeps surviving. And, you know, he's trying to tell Chris Pratt, who's kind of ends up being accidentally the de facto leader, is like, hey, man, you, you're wasting your time trying to teach these people to be soldiers. Your best is to look out for yourself. He's like, well, you know, it looks like you and your crew, like, know what you're doing. I can really use your help. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're uh, we're part of the not getting eaten squad. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go do our own thing. <laughs> Wait, did he say eaten? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you can't have an alien unless it eats humans. And, of course, he's, like, the only one that's, like, because uh, everyone else is using these, like, almost useless future guns. He's like, no, nah, I'm bringing myself, with like, a uh, a good old-fashioned shotgun from the past because <laughs> I've been here before. I know I know these weapons they send us with is shit. I mean, that looked like an 870 Express that he had. I don't know what it was, but it very much resembled the 870. Yeah. Nothing like some good old 12-gauge to fuck up an alien. Hey, that is readily available these days. At least later when they go to, like, the actual base, you know, they're rocking some mod deuces and, you know, sending some belt-fed 50 caliber love at the aliens. But when you got millions of aliens, it doesn't work very well. <laughs> but, yeah, your first, like, reveal of the aliens, too. Dang, it's kind that, of a... That queen, man. It was kind of a... Uh, I don't know, like, an interesting design. I don't think I've seen... No, it was definitely unique. Aliens like this before. Cause I, I, I don't know. I mean, they they kind of reminded me a bit of uh, like hyenas or something. Like, yeah, they all they made like some, like weird chittering noise and would scream. But they had like these big nasty mouths. They had like four legs and little T Rex arms. But then they had these two freaking tentacle porns that would shoot like spikes at you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, it, it was a cool concept. And I think the, uh, you know, as far as the CGI and stuff on the, it, it was pretty good, you know? Um, Especially they're being all white. Typically, you Yeah, know, things are hidden. And things are darker and colored dark. to uh, cover up for bad CGI, but these things were were bright colored and they were fighting them in the, in the you know, daylight. So it's like, you know, y'all are confident in your CGI if you're, <laughs> if this shit's that, that bright. Yeah. I don't know. They they remained in the stairwell for far too long though. <laughs> like and doorways. Like it was so funny. Like you'd watch him slice the pie, but he's standing in the fucking doorway. It's like uh the objective is to check all the angles you can without being, you know, directly exposed. <laughs> Move with violence of action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they spent a lot of time like you know, cuz they they make it to the building where the scientists are supposed to be and find them all dead. So they're like, hey, the city's a loss. We're about to bomb the shit out of it. Uh, get all the data and uh, samples from the lab and get the fuck out of there before the missiles hit. <laughs> well, and I, I liked, you know, as they're exploring that facility, like, it was kind of interesting to see, like, the bodies, like, in a cocoon state or something. Like, you know, just kind of suspended, like... 
Uh, these will be snacks for later. Yeah, it's like, you know, making a nice aged beef. You know, it's like, you gotta... <laughs> We're gonna try age these guys, throw them on the Traeger later. We're good. Dang, they got future Traegers? <laughs> these aliens are sweet. <laughs> I don't know if I want to join them at the table, though. <laughs> but yeah... Th- them trying to like walk down the stairs and get out of that place, and the one like said the Charlie, the guy who's like a scientist and has no business being a soldier. <laughs> when the aliens start attacking, he's like shooting. He's going shit, 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 shit. <laughs> I need a uh, shit like thirty times. <laughs> I need a shit counter. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm like I'm laughing the whole time they're getting chased by aliens. He's just going like shit, 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 shit. <laughs> Apparently that helps you shoot better. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and when they get to the streets, they're like, you know, they see the 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 rescue coming. Like, hey, look, there's the Humvees, and all of a sudden, all these aliens just come back and just like wreck those fucking trucks. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Once the bomb started falling, though, like, dude, they weren't surviving that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, commands on the radio. Whatever you do, avoid the spots with like red smoke and they're like okay and they're running right through the red smoke like oh we are fucked <laughs> and even like the like I said the fat guy with the uh black rifle shirt and uh and the the lady uh, like by the end they're like like no we got this we'll we'll hold them off and like you know they were like the ones that looked like the most scared when they got there and then by the end they're like you know we'll sacrifice ourselves for you guys hoorah <laughs> Until everybody gets blown the fuck up and nobody survives except for Dorian, Charlie, and uh, freaking Dan, a.k.a. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Where'd he go, Dan? <laughs> and wake up in the Dominican Republic. I'm like, hey, where's the cigars? Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did the aliens eat all the tobacco? What? Yeah, that's now the we thing, really man. Like, if you, if you make your seven days, like, you, you've earned yourself a cigar at that point, like... Exactly. And you're going to know you're going to die anyway, you know, even if you survive, so it's like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> Blaze one up for the homies. <laughs> but then you get introduced to Yvonne Stravosky, uh, who you may know from a little show called Chuck back in the day, who plays the grown-up... What the fuck, Chuck? <laughs> Do you ever watch Chuck? It was a good show. I don't remember if I watched Chuck. I had uh, uh, Zach Levi... He was a dork that accidentally got downloaded with some CIA supercomputer, so he became James Bond. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Chris Pratt uh, has a, you know, when he leaves, he's got a nine-year-old daughter. Well, when he gets to the future, she's now all grown up and is running the R-Squad uh, as Colonel Forrester. <laughs> what a twist! Who saw that coming? <laughs> Especially when he's sitting there talking to her and he's like, they come up and like Colonel Forrester. He's like, "No, I'm I'm just a I'm not a, you know, Colonel." And then he's like, "I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to her." <laughs> he's like, "Hey, wait a minute. How do you spell that?" He's like, "I spell it the way you spell it." Where are you, where are you from? I'm from where are you from? Uh, is your name Mary? Yeah, Dad. Oh shit. <laughs> I've been away for seven days. I hardly recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, you want to come look at something dangerous with me? He's like, I feel like that's all I've been doing since I got here. But yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> and they've found a female version of the, like an alien queen. And basically, you know, the, the big plot of the of the movie is 
they've discovered a poison that will kill these things, but for some reason it doesn't affect the female. So they want to find a capture a female so they can develop a better poison that will then kind of trickle down and kill all of them. So her and her dad go to Jack and alien, which that them fighting her in the little cave was, Dude, was that was awesome. Pretty badass sequence. And then having to like, once they capture, her, you know, like, she calls in, like, a whole swarm, which you said, like, look kind of like some shit from, like, World War Z, where there's just, like, thousands of these fuckers coming over a hill. And they're running away in, like, future Humvees, shooting a... Which thing, this is... I mean, it's supposed to be, like, 2050-something. Have we not developed better, like, vehicles and shit in the next 30 years? Because pretty much everything they're using is from, like, now. <laughs> I didn't see anything that looked like, hey, this is, this is definitely the future. Because that's hardened American still, son. I mean, true enough, the Maw has been in service since, like, 1919. <laughs> we still use that bastard. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> or you can always fix it till it is broke. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the other option. But I don't know. I mean, even then, like... Dude, the, the vehicles, like, weren't really up to par, because, you know... One good shoulder check from an alien, you know, sends a Humvee flying, like... Yeah, those things are like the size of like fucking rhinos and shit. <laughs> so we're some t- we need some tanks up in this bitch. I don't know though. Would would the tanks work? I mean, because you have you... they're not very, I guess, fast or maneuverable. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking like they're you know because the aliens are impenetrable except for. What, their bellies and their throats? Yeah, but that's with, like, low-caliber rifles. I mean, those fishy cows look like they were doing a number. They were just far too many of the fuckers to <laughs> to actually be effective. Got too many aliens and not enough fifties. Yep, that's a, that's a bad place to find yourself. <laughs> Somebody should have called him 50 Cent. Or the Strike Force. <laughs> I think they did. Although, I don't know, they did, like, a strafe bombing run, which is weird if they were trying to blow up the city. Like, they would be dropping, a, like, a you know, nuke or something. Well, yeah, I mean, or even if you don't want to do a, a nuke, you know, just one of the, you know, freaking bombs that sucks up the oxygen and just, you know, Drop immediately incinerates, you know, and it's like, yep, that's gone. <laughs> yeah, as many aliens as they were dealing with, it's like, yeah, a couple of... A couple of bombs, probably not. Maybe you should have just carpet bombed that place. But yeah, so they... You find out that, you know... Yes, they are able to manufacture the... The alien cure, but... They're like... We don't have the manufacturing capability anymore, so... I need you to take this back home... And make the... The, the drug there, and stop this before it ever happens. And he's like... He's like, I'm not going to leave you to die. I'll go back, get the shit, and I'll bring bring some of it to you so y'all can fight here as well, which kind of, like I said, when the human race is almost wiped out, you probably should just, like, yeah, go ahead and try to stop the war from happening, you know, instead of trying to <laughs> fight it in the future. But it's his daughter. But yeah, but that sequence when the, the queen escapes and calls for 
pretty much all the aliens. And they just like swarm that that base in the middle of the ocean. I mean, it was like, oh shit, we are fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad news, bears. Yeah, they're freaking crawling over. And that one part where they Although jump off the. I don't really understand. Like, if the base is getting overrun, like I get they're trying to make it to the copter, but. Don't be on the base that's getting overran. <laughs> be up in the air, because I don't think they can fly. Well, they did at that one point. Well, they can't really fly. They can guide, glide. Where they, uh, When they're trying to get the queen out, like a bunch of them jump off the ridge and like spread their arms. They're almost like, uh, like the flying squirrels. They're kind of gliding. And then that one helicopter just kind of turns its blade and like freaking chops a whole bunch of them up. <laughs> I was like, all right, that was pretty cool. <laughs> But yeah, they're you know trying to survive long enough for because basically like you know there's an automatic countdown on on the time watch, so you know he gets sucked back to the past uh, before with the cure before he dies. But unfortunately, the time machine gets destroyed when the base gets destroyed. So they're like, there's no more time travel. I guess we're all just gonna die in another thirty years until he starts thinking out. He's like, wait a minute, you know his wife is like. Well, why don't we just, you know, stop them before they get here? And like, well, we don't know when they get here. We know they, the first attack happened in 2048, but there's no detection of a ship landing. We don't know when they actually got here. She's like, well, maybe they landed earlier. And he's like, oh, fuck, that's brilliant. I have not thought about that. And he's like, so are you going to tell, like, came up with the idea? He's like, oh, I'm definitely telling him it's my idea. He's like, no, no, I think it was your wife's idea, motherfucker. <laughs> So he go, and when they all get sucked back too, he sees Charlie and he's like, oh, you did survive. He's like, no, I just hid. <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, that's a good plan. But yeah, him and Dorian both uh, make it out. So you go, and Dorian has this like freaking claw that he got from some of the first, during the first, uh, whatever wave of attacks from one of the Russian aliens. It's kind of like from Jurassic Park where they had a raptor claw. Dr. Grant. <laughs> Did look like a freaking raptor claw. <laughs> it's probably the same prop. <laughs> and this is when the movie gets really weird, because it's like, there's like a, just like a whole, like, you know, sequence. Like, alright, let me go find Dorian, you know, get that claw, and maybe we can figure out when the aliens got here. So let's take the claw to Charlie, who's the research scientist, and be like, hey, this got some, like, weird Chinese ash on it. Uh, how could Chinese ash end up in Russia? So we, he's like, we need somebody who knows about volcanoes. Chris Betts, wait a minute, I know a guy. So they go back and talk to Urkel. He's like, hey, Urkel, explain to us how Chinese ash got in Russia. And he's like, oh, well, it's the, the Millennium Volcano. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, like back in like, you know, 900 AD, like a huge volcano exploded in China and blew ash like halfway across the world. That's the only way that Chinese ash could get there. And he's like, so the aliens were here all along. Well, how come they didn't attack till now? And he's like, oh yeah, let's look at global warming. I'm like, oh, I bet they were frozen in this here glacier that doesn't defrost till 2048 when the first attacks have happened. So like, all right, now we got to go to find the aliens buried in the we ice. We got to go find Godzilla because he's also <laughs> in the iceberg. <laughs> you know, and the government's like, dude, the, the NATO's disbanded. The world's falling apart. Like, like I, I'm not, we're not going to, you know ship a bunch of black ops dudes to, to a hostile country, uh, to look for aliens. Like we're all fucked. And then finally Dorian's like, why don't we still kill these motherfuckers ourselves? 
It's like, well, we would need some like crazy pilot to like with a plane to like sneak us into Russia. And Chris Pratt's again like, wait a minute, I know a guy. <laughs> Let's go see my daddy. <laughs> uh, daddy, I need you. Damn yeah. kids! Only time they ever come around is when they need something. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what are you doing back? Well, I need I need you to fly me into Russia uh, so I can find an alien ship and blow it up. He's like. Now they say kids only come when they need something. And he's like, no, I, I actually need your help, Dad. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm swallowing my pride here and asking you for to help us save my future daughter. And he's like, all right, son, let me get my coat and my 50 cal. <laughs> and then a bunch of the the future shoulders that were future shoulder soldiers that was stranded here when the gate collapsed. They're like, hey, we're going to come help you fight these aliens, too, because we got nothing else to do. And they all take a merry trip to Russia. <laughs> it's funny the the freaking scientist guy he's got like this stack of like magazines and stuff which you notice are all completely empty and he's like he's like yeah there's no, i'm gonna fight this time there's not gonna be any hiding and he's like racking racking his gun and they're like dude it's not even loaded he's like of course not i'm inside a plane it's a sealed aircraft why would i load a gun in a plane <laughs> i could blow a hole in it and we'd all be sucked out and die and then the fucker forgets to actually load his magazines <laughs> Yep. Situational awareness was not strong with that one. <laughs> yeah, so they get to the glacier. And I they're... mean, but then again, do you really need magazines? I mean, you just use the butt end of a rifle at that point. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they jump on the uh, snow snowmobiles and and find where they where they think the alien ship is. And, of course, old man strength. Uh, I like uh, scientist guys. Like He's like, you know, you know. I have to agree with Conspiracy Santa here. <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> so, yeah, they... You know, and he's the only one smart for bringing, like, a fucking AR-10. Like, I'm bringing a big gun and a 50 cal, because, you know... You know y'all's, y'all's little spa- you know, future guns ain't gonna do shit. And, uh... They, they fired the ship, and he's like, Alright, we're gonna go in and kill these aliens. If anything gets out, you know, y'all, y'all stop it before it gets out. And they, you know find out turned out the aliens aren't even they weren't the ones invading they were just like basically cargo on a on a ship of some other aliens that crashed <laughs> they're like well they're either bioweapons or some kind of space cows <laughs> so there's the two options there beef that's out of this world <laughs> and the dead aliens that like crashed they kind of look like a uh, trans whatever the trendoshans like uh like Bosk from Star Wars, which were, uh, you know, slavers in the Star Wars universe. So it's maybe these were, you know, capture him from, for, for some nefarious purpose. But yeah, yeah, they're like, all right, let's test our drug. And they killed a couple, but unfortunately killing a couple woke all the others up. So it kind of like they have like a hive mind or something. Cause yeah, they all woke up and, you know, started eating shit and, uh, <laughs> they go running out and like, you know, old man's like, all right, you know, Go take the you know take these aliens out as they come out of the ship, and then he's like you know blasting and like they keep coming. He's like Charlie, I need you. Where are you at, Charlie? And Charlie's like over there, click click click. Like oh fuck, I forgot to load any of these magazines. And then finally comes out with the the giant concrete saw and <laughs> slices an alien in, in half. It's like all right, that's pretty badass. <laughs> that's a good way to adapt and overcome. Yeah. Improvise. <laughs> And when they find out there's a shitload of these aliens in the ship, uh, Dorian decides to 
you know, he's going to die anyway. He's going to take all these aliens with him and, and, you know, clacks off some C4 and blows them all to hell. Except for, of course, the queen escapes. So now, you know, Chris Pratt and old man strength are having to chase down. I thought he's like, and he finds them like outside and he's like, he's like, we got to get that last one. And he's like, he's like, dude, you're like shivering. You're going to be any good out there. He's like, no, I'm going with you. Like, like, believe me, this is the one thing I'm good at is killing things. <laughs> he's like, all right, come on, dad. <laughs> and they kind of separate up and like, you see the alien charging it. Like what looks like his dad standing in the middle of the snow. And it's like, all of a sudden the thing attacks like an empty, like a fucking snowman wearing his jacket. And he's like, surprise motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it starts sniping its ass. I don't know. Like this, this whole series, like, I wanted to see more of the dad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because everything that you saw him in, like, obviously, you know, he was a badass because he was the one that had the knowledge on, you know, Oh, this is a Gen 2 wrist brace, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I can remove that for you. And, you know, stupid-ass son won't, you know, shut up about government conspiracies and get some co- <laughs> get some whiskey on his shirt. <laughs> yeah, I want to see just a movie of, like, the dad fighting aliens. Yeah. Like... <laughs> so there's a sequel, Aliens Come Back, and now it's like old man strength has to f- fight the aliens uh, <laughs> with his son. Oh, and I do think, like, when he goes to, like, fight it, and he, like, basically pulls out the claw, because the claw is, like, the only thing that's, like, cutting through its armor, and, like, starts basically boxing with the fucking alien and trying to, you know, they manage to, like, take its eyes out, so now it's just kind of flashing around, like, cuts its throat, stabs it with the poison and everything else, and he's like, die, die, motherfucker! And, like, finally, after he, like, gets the poison in it and it dies, he, like, collapses in the snow next to his dad, and he's like, did you tell the alien to die? He's like, yeah. Well, it worked. Why the fuck didn't you do that sooner? <laughs> uh, and all is well with the galaxy, and hopefully none of this shit will happen in the future. But speaking of sequels, like people that should, from alright movies that should have their own spinoff, did you see that they're they're making a movie about Dieter from, from fucking Army of the Dead? Yes. He's getting his own movie? <laughs> I did see that. Uh, it's like Army of Thieves or something like that. Uh, I was like, um, that's what we said when we did that episode. It was like, this movie kind of sucks, but the only person I, I really cared about was Dieter. They should have a whole movie of just Dieter. And it's like, they listened. <laughs> yeah. Dieter's getting a movie. I mean, you know, realistically. So now we need Bad Grandpa. Like, <laughs> it's a conspiracy Santa movie. I mean, you know, Tomorrow World wasn't bad. It just... kind of felt a little bit too generic Chris Pratt role of I mean I in a way I almost felt like I was watching Jurassic Park all over again you're on a you know foreign island and you know you're up against a hostile species that you don't really know all that much about the only thing is he didn't have two tamed aliens like (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the next movie he figures out how to tame some aliens. You see him riding on the back of an alien to battle. like Because we find out that these are really just the cows. <laughs> and we... I mean, it did have some like strong like emotional stuff. Like you... Uh, oh, yeah. We, we kind of I mean, jumped over it like after they capture the, the female alien. His daughter tells him, like... She's like, you know... 
the reason why I'm kind of pissed off at you is like you left us, kind of like his father left him. And he's like, what? And you, could you see how disappointed he was when he, at, at being a science teacher when he wants to go work for like an actual research firm. And it's like, yeah, you know, she's like, you were never happy with your life and you eventually like left us. And, you know, then you end up dying in a car wreck like a couple of years later. So it's like, you know, he's one of those guys that couldn't, I guess, figure out how to transition out of, you know, soldier well, I to think part of the problem. He's like, I want to do something great. And he was too disappointed that he hadn't accomplished anything great outside of the military well i mean i i think part of that is not necessarily due to him but you know it's you know well you're an ideal candidate but you have no private sector experience you only have military experience and that doesn't really translate for us and that's like what which is dumb because you know that's usually some of the more hard-working dedicated (laughs) people you're gonna find one would think, right? But, you know, people with sharp edges don't fit into this uh, kind of soft world. Uh, that <laughs> Oh, no, you're, you're, you like guns and stuff, so we, we can't hire you because you're not PC enough for us. And global warming killed us all. Yep, that's what, ha- that's what happened. It's like, you know, the fucking ice caps melted and aliens decided to eat us. Hmm. Maybe there's more to this global warming bit than we've been led on. <laughs> you know, it's not the global warming that does it. It's the aliens it unleashes. Whoa. And, I mean, the government did come out, you know, with their official, you know, alien document. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like... Shit. I mean, this that's my actually... I mean, every start, idea uh... has to be born from something, right? <laughs> That might actually get me uh, to start supporting some of these green deals. <laughs> we, we we gotta stop global warming so the aliens don't kill us, or the frost giants show up. <laughs> oh wait a minute, that was Loki. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so far behind. Uh, so any uh, you know, highlights for you? What's you know? Do, do you think this does? I've seen online that they're talking about a sequel to this, but I'm like, I think they kind of wrapped everything up in a bow at the end, so it's kind of weird that they would be a sequel other than, oh, it turns out we didn't, there was a second ship or, you know, something survived that, that explosion. Or, you know, maybe they go, you know, because in this era of Hollywood, they love to give you a movie, and then you get a prequel. You know, so I'm I'm wondering if maybe you know it's. You I mean, know, yeah, they the, can do like the, the early part of the war before they go to the, the past. But then again, yeah, supposedly Chris Pratt and everybody's signed up to return, so it wouldn't kind of make sense to do yeah, that but early you, future war. But you could, and you know, hey, now we've jumped to present time. You know, or we get I don't know. It's it's time travel, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true enough. <laughs> it's it time travel. It doesn't have to make sense, right? There doesn't uh, have yeah. to be continuity. I mean, oh I, yeah, we we, fig- we we figured out time travel. So, uh, th- you know, the thing there's a. Uh, I mean, uh, multiverses. So now we got to go back to even that the, that future never happened. We need to go and save the future that didn't happen. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> when you get into time travel movies, shit gets complicated. 
But yeah, overall, I mean, I've, it's gotten kind of mixed reviews as far as uh, critics are going. But like you said, it it seemed like a fun popcorn movie. It, you know, it. I it, mean, it wasn't a bad sit down on the couch. I would have felt disappointed had I, you know, had to pay twenty bucks to see it in theaters. You know, I I don't feel like I would have got my twenty dollars worth. But definitely got my included in Prime subscription worth. Yes. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it yet, give it a shot. Chris Pratt. But then again, like I said, we're we've kind of been discussing like Chris Pratt's kind of the funny dude, but. He's supposed to play James Reese in uh, the Terminal List. I'm like, which is more of a serious dude. I'm like, can Chris Pratt pull off? He definitely had moments of seriousness in well, this. Well, I think, and at least like the the weapon handling, like combat stuff. I'm like, I think Chris Pratt may be able to. Pull I just it don't off. know. Chris Pratt is, by and large, family friendly, <laughs> and. You know, that's going to take a lot more edge, a lot more grit, and that's something that I've yet to see from Chris Pratt. But then again, it's also being produced by Amazon, and we've seen what they've done with, like, the boys and shit, so getting uber-violent is not something they're going <laughs> to shy away from. But yeah, Chris, I've not seen Chris Pratt go, like, full yeah, Dark. I mean, you know, basically we need, you know, Chris Pratt to play the Punisher, and I don't really see the Punisher when I view Chris Pratt. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be an but interesting But I mean, then again, maybe push. he uh, hits the gym, gets some roid rage going, and uh, there we go. <laughs> so what do you think of this uh, 10-year-old brick house here? I mean, for for a brick, it's pretty good. I've never smoked a brick before. Um I mean, I hear about it in rap songs quite a bit, but, you know. She's a brick house. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's an uh, enjoyable cigar. Um, I would say mild to medium on strength. Um, you know, a very easy, you know, relaxing smoke. Um, I, I'll say that the draw on the cigar has been absolutely superb. Um and, you know, the construction's done really well. Uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, nutty earthiness with, you know. Um, I mean, I did detect a little bit of spice, but it was very faint. Yeah, it's like the, I mean, I've smoked the the regular brick house occasionally. I think we even reviewed the uh, the Traveler version. And it, yeah, the, the spice that uh, that normally you get is is like i said very muted and faint but so it, it's definitely kind of milded if that's even a word with uh <laughs> mellowed that's the word i should have used with age so it's not, it's not as spicy or are kind of strong or you're not really talking about like you know i don't know like the regular one kind of has a little bit of a i think edge the regular one has more body to it yeah or this one seems a little bit smoother and mellow if you want kind of a a relaxing smoke that's not going to kick you in the teeth I mean, there's, there's, you know, this might be a great cigar. It sucks that they're so limited because this might be a gateway cigar for somebody that smokes light and wants to maybe venture into, you know, something with a little bit more, you know, boldness and body, yeah. but, you know, or it might be just, over the top. Just curious of how aging affects cigars. It's kind of a good experiment where you can buy 
a brand new brick house and then smoke this side by side and see the, the you know what a difference age makes you know it's kind of it's kind of cool for that you know experiment of it all and with that we're gonna jump back in the uh in the uh jump gate here and move on to the next thingy It's time for some science. Yeah, science. I'm ready yeah. to get educated. Yep, like, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about time travel and <laughs> how to build alien uh, uh, fucking plagues. But no, uh, speaking of space and whatnot. Um, if you're a billionaire, I hear that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of funny because, you know, billionaires got to, like, you know, outdo other billionaires and, you know, we talked about Jeff Bezos going to go into space soon. Wasn't there a petition to not let him back or something? Yeah, everyone thinks he's like you know the emperor. Yeah, yeah they're like yeah, you know, he's definitely a Bond villain. Let's just go ahead and and leave him out in space. But then again, we got all these fucking uh, billionaires. They're like, hey, we need to hurry up and go to space. I'm like, does these motherfuckers like know something we don't? They're like, we're getting the fuck off this planet before it blows up. <laughs> you got Elon. You got Bezos. Yeah, they're all like, yeah, we need to hurry up and build space colonies. We're getting the fuck off this planet. But I mean, then again, you know, some sort of private sector, you know, nuke it from orbit's the only way to be sure. Oh goodness, uh, that or you know, it's going to draw unwanted attention, and they're going to be like the human virus is starting to spread, you know, yeah. outside of the Earth. Now uh, the aliens are going to arrive. Well, and like, you know, typical Richard, aka Big Dick Branson. Uh, style because of all the billionaires he's probably like the coolest billionaire like you dude owns like private islands and is banging supermodels and he's like the billionaire you want billionaires to be you head of old virgin galactic well he heard bezos go into space he's like fuck that i'm gonna do it sooner so actually today as we were recording freaking richard branson first uh space tourist launched this morning to uh to uh go to space Pretty much just so we can say, fuck you, Bezos, I did it first. <laughs> Which is the best reason for science. Yeah. <laughs> just to be like, ha ha, I got there first, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, Virgin Galactic's Unity 22 launched uh, this morning. Um, and basically, the, the original plan was that. You know, because Virgin Galactic Space Plane VSS Unity 
uh, this is you know, the reason why it's called mission, the mission is Unity Twenty Two because this is the twenty two or twenty second you know test flight, and the fourth one that was actually crewed, and the original plan where this launch was they were going to include four passengers that basically can review the you know and like hey this is what it's like being a tourist in space so eventually when this kind of <laughs> it opens gets a little claustrophobic to, uh, here uh. <laughs> when it opens up to a, you know more general public that can afford the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar ticket to go uh you could kind of be like hey this is you know how comfy the seats are and this is what it was like being you know a tourist in space along with the actual crew of the spaceship well you know, originally there was supposed to be four, and then Richard Branson was like, nah, homie, I'm going to take one of them seats for myself so I can beat, you know, Bezos to space and be like, haha, motherfucker, I am the Star Lord. <laughs> space Lord Mata Mata. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring back, uh, remember the Virgin stores? Like the, back yeah, when CD like, stores were a thing? He's like, I'm going to build the first Virgin store in space. <laughs> Get your moon CDs, yo. <laughs> gonna be spice out of world <laughs> uh joining branson on this trip is uh chief astronaut instructor at virgin galactic beth moses lead operations engineer colin bennett and vice president of government affairs and research operation surasha bandia um so yeah that's like you know and so far i've not seen any kind of uh breaking news that it exploded so i'm assuming everything went fine for their mission and <laughs> And this is kind of like a huge uh, step in the commercial space industry. All right, interesting. You and got like the said, money to play. Yeah, right now, uh, as they kind of try to pay off all this shit, it costs you $250,000 per ticket. Uh, but, you know, as it becomes more commonplace and we get more and more, I guess, of these ships in the making trips, I'm assuming price will go down some maybe another 50 years before it's like you know down to a price i can afford but <laughs> it's the first step man maybe one day we can be the first podcast in space yeah fuck you nerdist <laughs> <laughs> and uh not saying it's aliens but maybe aliens a hundred giant sinkholes popped up in two croatian village in yeah. just a month just bombs <laughs> bombs over baghdad yeah, uh, apparently uh, a quiet corner of Croatia, you know, the ground started just holes opening up, which, you know, a sinkhole is not uncommon, but a hundred in the course of like two months, kind of uncommon. Interesting. And is this now the new Holy Land? Yeah. <laughs> Send that bad joke to space. You infidel. <laughs> uh, yes, by the end of January, there was at least 54 completely collapsed sinkholes and eventually as many as 100. What they figured out was basically Croatia has a lot of caves underneath uh, this particular area of the country uh, due to kind of basically uh, underground water causing that's slightly acidic eating through limestone bedrock. So, you know, you know, it's known that there's a lot of caves and cave, uh, 
cave structures underneath this part of the country. Well, apparently there was a earthquake in uh, a 6.4 magnitude earthquake in late December 2020, which basically weakened the roofs of these underground caverns. So basically, you know, all these caverns and spaces were under these cities, and the earthquake caused it eventually the kind of the where these caves are closest to the ground to finally give way and and open up. So that like, you know, your alien theory was so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. So you know it. You know, while you know sinkholes are not uncommon, this kind of forced forced the timeline. You know, where one or two may happen here and there naturally. You know, the ground shook enough that it loosened everything up and a whole lot of them happened, you know, at once. So, weird mystery solved. So, when's the last time you had to write something by hand? Other than signing your name on a document. I mean, I, I still do handwritten notes. I will say that my handwriting has suffered tremendously, like... Oh, yeah, I couldn't write a 10-page paper like, you know, like we did in high school or something. I mean, I could, but... Spelling's going to be shit. (laughs) No one's going to be able to read it. (laughs) I I, I mean, I I like to think I'm still pretty well-read, so my spelling, as long as I'm not trying to text on a cell phone, is pretty good, but just my penmanship, you know, quality (laughs) has... uh, yeah, definitely deteriorated. It all looks like doctors it's, scratching now. Yeah, I mean, which yeah, because if I if I got to write anything more than like a just like a to do list, it's like I do everything on the computer. It's like I've never had to write more than just a like I said a, a jotting down notes to uh, <laughs> to write it. Well, a new uh, study published in Psychological Science uh, basically figured out that writing stuff helps you learn it easier. <laughs> Well, I, I will say that that's probably one of the biggest reasons I write stuff down is because I can remember maybe not in its entirety what I wrote, but I can at least place, hey, I wrote a thing about this here, you know, and, you know, it helps me go back to reference my notes and... Yeah, it's so much, you know, there... I remember from a, a class I took one time, there was like, it's reading something and then writing it down actually makes it kind of convert that thing from your temporary memory to your permanent memory easier. Well, in this test, they had 42 people learning the Arabic alphabet. Uh, They were split into three groups, uh, writers, typers, and video watchers. Each group had to learn the letters differently, but they all had uh, basically images plus like sounds of the names and the and the video where, like I said, one of them kind of copied it, actually writ, wrote the letters down while others either typed them or, or uh, you know, watched video lessons on these things. And they found that, you know, they, they had to, basically before everyone had learned it, there was like basically six classes. But they found that the people that were writing the stuff down pretty much had it memorized within two sessions where the others took like almost the full six and they also also noticed that those people were able to basically use it easier than the people that had learned it the kind of the the easier way. Hmm. Interesting. Also they, interesting, like I don't know. I guess maybe because Arabic is not so common to them people. 
Well, that's the thing too. If you're trying to teach, you know, say this, you know, this, uh, it doesn't say where the say was taught, but if you're teaching a bunch of American English speech, English American people for this test, you would have to use an alphabet that they're not familiar with. Yeah. And I think, you know, even like, say like Spanish, it still uses like letters that we are familiar with. So, you know, using Arabic, it's totally new letters. So it's, you know, or like say Russian, Russian letters look different than the stuff we're used to. Why not? You know, so you pretty much had to, I guess, use something that was like Korean. Yeah. I mean, you could probably have picked anything. So yeah, if you're trying to learn shit, you should write that shit down. Okay. And speaking of I'll shit, write that down. You should also take a look at your toilet before you uh, plop down, because an Australian man got bit in the nuts by a snake. Yeah, I've heard of uh, you know, snakes. Um, sometimes even like baby alligators, like being able to emerge from uh, you know, sewers and. Well, this was a five and a half foot albino reticulated python. <laughs> uh. An Australia, 65-year-old Australian man uh, made a uh, 6 a.m. bathroom run. Uh, unfortunately, uh, when he sat down in his toilet, he fit, felt a nip in his genital area uh, before standing up and finding that there was a big-ass snake in his toilet and not the brown kind, but an albino python. <laughs> Turns out that uh, uh, this man was living in an apartment complex and his uh, one of his neighbors... Uh, who apparently was running a freaking snake business out of his house because he had a collection of 11 non-venomous constrictor snakes and a gecko. Uh, And one of them had escaped and somehow climbed through the plumbing of the apartment complex to wind up in his neighbor's toilet. (laughs) Well, that's... You know, originally I was like, hmm, so did the snake get too big for the enclosure and somebody try to flush it or what? Like... Apparently no. This you know this guy uh, just uh, you know snakes like hey I I want to be an anaconda now <laughs> yeah and you know especially python you know the big they're fairly you know I I not the first one I've seen like figure out how to like you know climb up the side of a cage and pop his pop the top off if it's not properly <laughs> properly shut that's why everyone should have you know either sliding or locking lids. And not just rely on those little, you know, plastic clips that, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know like you see the screen lids, you know. Like, yeah. I learned very on not to rely on those. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if you're in Australia, which there's a lot of snakes and stuff in Australia anyway, you know, go into the bathroom in the middle of the night without turning the lights on and checking checking the drop zone. Probably not the best uh, <laughs> best advice. I mean, back when I was a police officer, I, I've more than once had to go get a snake out of somebody's house because <laughs> some neighbor's snake has gotten out and got loose in an apartment complex or people who live kind of in the in the country area, especially, you know, when the weather weather changes. She thinks, like, mm, this house is nice and warm. I won't come live here with these guys. <laughs> Fine. You can have it. <laughs> uh, and I remember, that, you know, my grandma at one point, a snake had gotten into her house and her reaction was to grab the 38 special and start <laughs> unloading rounds in the uh the kitchen yeah probably not the <laughs> not needless the to say 
Snake survived unscathed. Kitchen, <laughs> not so much. I mean, all I ever did was take, you know, a, you know Tupperware. Uh... <laughs> so the one time I caught a snake, I came up with a plan. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get, you know, I was like, hey, you got like a Tupperware, you know, some kind of bowl or something. And my plan was to throw it over the snake and then slide a lid underneath it. So as soon as I get the box, you know, before I can like give the rest of my plan to my partner, my partner takes his nightstick out, scoops the snake up and throws it to me. So I got to catch the snake in a bowl as it's flying at me and then close the lid. <laughs> I was like, it's not the plan I was going for, but it worked. <laughs> like, luckily I reacted quickly and <laughs> caught the bastard. <laughs> I was like, that was, that was a little, uh, not the plan I had. <laughs> I adapted. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. We're the Con Guys, coming to you straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California. We are your home for news, opinions, and interviews from the world of Comic-Cons and fandoms. Your ultimate insiders for all things And now, it's time for all things nerdy. And welcome to uh, Nerd News, Blowing Smoke. I don't know, this is going to be a weird segment. <laughs> yeah, weird segment. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Okay, something not so weird. Well, maybe weird. Uh, Witcher 2, we got a new uh, trailer out for it. Um, Hales, yeah. Yes. Uh, so that was one of like, the kind of surprise things. That it was like, everybody was talking about it, and I'm like, ah, I don't normally like medieval-looking shit, and... I've never really liked Henry Cavill, and then like I watched him, like, oh fuck, this is the shit. Yeah, like I mean, man. I was hooked just because you know, I mean, I've loved playing the Witcher games. Um, still dabble in Witcher Three Wild Hunt occasionally, but um, you know, when Netflix first announced this, like my fear was I was going to go into it with too high of expectation. Netflix did not disappoint. <laughs> Should have known better. And while I love the being able to binge the entire series when something comes out, then you get the whole, like, I've got to wait a year to see more of this uh, dilemma. But we finally know when it's coming back. Uh, we, not only do we get a trailer, we get a release date. Yep. December of this year. Yeah, December it looks 19th, like uh, I believe. 17th. Ah, 17th. Sweet. So, you know, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> You know, now The Witcher can be a Christmas uh, series. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I mean, it takes place in the cold, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, probably. You know, um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I just loved what they did with the first season. I have the same fears about season two, though. <laughs> I did hear we're not going to get weird uh, chopped up timelines, though. That's going to be more straightforward from here on out. <laughs> Which made watching the original series a little confusing. I mean, you just had to get four episodes in. Yeah. You know, I mean, dude, it's time travel. <laughs> it's always confusing. I'm not a smart man. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, definitely looking forward to this one, though. Toss uh, a coin to your witcher, oh, value of plenty. Yes. I'm hoping there'll be a cool song this season that gets stuck in your head like last season. <laughs> God. Now that I've seen the trailer, I'm going to have to go back and revisit it. 
I've spent some uh, time with the uh, with the guitar to try to do my own rendition of it, <laughs> and then I kind of put it on the back burner. Maybe I need to pick that up again. Give it a give it another. T- you know, get ready for a. Oh, there, there's your Dragon Con costume. You can just walk around with your guitar playing. Uh, you can be the <laughs> Jackster, whatever his name was. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be a jester, you know. Everybody needs a bard in the group. Cause you know, there's probably gonna be a shitload of Geralts uh, this year since we've kind of not... no, dude, no, no. It's all Lokis, <laughs> Lokis and Harleys. <laughs> There'll be a, a Gerard Loki variant. So you just you just bring your guitar and you walk behind all the uh, with the Witcher cosplayers and <laughs> play music. <laughs> and you bring a deck of cards, and you know, then we can challenge them to a game of Gwent. <laughs> Sounds good. You know. I'll I'll charm them and then you will hustle hustle them. That's our track, <laughs> and that will pay for our con. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That needs to be this year's drinking game, though. <laughs> will the Lokis outnumber the number of Deadpool's? Oh yeah. And since we've had like a year off, like how many old cosplays that people like designed for last year? that are now like a couple years old that, you know, they're, I didn't get to be the Witcher that year. So bringing it this year <laughs> or whatever shit came out last year that people would have cosplayed as, but yeah, there's definitely going to be a fuck ton of Lokis. I mean, I've seen so many people talking about, Hey, we got to do Loki variants. Like we're going to get a whole group of variants. <laughs> that like, I'm like, I, said, I, I agree with you. I'm calling it now. That's going to be this year's like overdone costume. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there will definitely I, be a Loki Deadpool. I can almost guarantee that. <laughs> but at the same time, like, is it really overdone? I mean, I don't care if I see a million Deadpools. Yeah. I never get tired of seeing a Deadpool. I don't care how many Harleys I see. I still don't get tired of seeing <laughs> Harleys. Like, yeah, you know, not overdone is in the, I'm tired of seeing it, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of them. <laughs> There will be two cigar nerds. <laughs> Get just the helmet, and I'm like, we're the cigar nerd variant of Loki. <laughs> we use all our trickster powers to make podcasts. <laughs> and these fancy cigars. Uh, so we, we touched a little bit on potentially a Tomorrow World sequel, but uh, looks like... Um, Tomorrow War. Or Tomorrow War. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying Tomorrow World. Getting confused with Jurassic World. <laughs> Wasn't Tomorrow World a whole different movie, though? I felt I like I think there is a movie called Tomorrow World. I'm pretty sure there is. Um, or maybe it's Tomorrow's World. And not to be confused with Tomorrowland. <laughs> so, I tomorrow, tomorrow. I, I Actually, I think it's a EDM music festival. Uh, that okay. gets handled, you know, here in Atlanta. <laughs> you know, because I'm all about, uh, you know, getting my uh, my rave on and whatnot. <laughs> you know, got to drop some E. Bring out the glow sticks. Yep. And my, uh, whatever the twirling ball things are that light up. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what those are. Those just look Man, dangerous in my opinion. Haven't seen one of those in a while. What? <laughs> <laughs> not since last Dragon Con? Probably. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so, you know, Tomorrow World, big success, Tomorrow War, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So it looks like, uh, yeah, they're currently in discussion with Skydance and Paramount Pictures. Um, Chris Pratt, obviously, will you know is in the talks of getting brought back, as well as uh, Chris McKay and Zach Dean. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have a... Uh, I just need a whole movie of J.J. Uh, <laughs> or J.K. Simmons <laughs> being conspiracy grandpa. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I predict prequel. Prequel. Jeez, I just need to stop. Like, screw your science article about not being able to write. I can't talk. <laughs> and for somebody that's on an audio podcast, that's detrimental. I probably cost us three listeners. <laughs> now we're down to zero. <laughs> That's assuming we had three to begin with. <laughs> Speaking of three... Uh, Dale Earnhardt? Sure. We can talk about NASCAR. <laughs> I mean, we're... Boogity, boogity, boogity. We're uh, on the outskirts of Dawsonville, so, I mean, we can, you know, give a shout-out to Chase Elliott. <laughs> um, how many people are still watching The Walking Dead? I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I, like I said, I... Quit, Dude, like, I don't think I've seen past four season, or five seasons ago, yeah, like five or something. After they killed uh, Glenn, it's like I just kind of, kind of faded out. It was like, yeah, it's like, and then I have not watched any of that. Uh, whatever, Fear of the Walking Dead, or or whatever. I think there's a third spinoff at this point, but yeah, I got kind of, kind of burned out on it. I mean, it's all on Netflix. Maybe eventually I'll get bored enough to go catch up. But yeah, it's I've not watched a, a Walking Dead in, in a while. Well, it looks like for the 11th and final season, AMC is rolling out the red carpet and spending a lot of money trying to promote this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, even though Walking Dead is coming to an end, like you said, it's going to be followed up with more spinoff shows. So is it really dead? <laughs> like a zombie. You haven't shot it in the head yet, so it's going to continue on. Um, it looks like they've released, like, four promo teasers collection of photos, character descriptions, um, and even a little bit of a, um, you know, some details offering, you know, what's ahead for, you know, I guess spoilers if you didn't know these people are still alive, or (laughs) Daryl, Carol, Eugene, Ezekiel, Jerry, Yumiko, Judith, and Princess. Princess sounds like it should be a puppy. (laughs) They need more dogs in uh, The Walking Dead. Why do they not have more pets? I mean, Will Smith had his had his uh, yeah dog I mean, in his zombie movie. You know, gotta have man's best friend. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, like a zombie you're... tiger, like a fucking uh, army of the dead. <laughs> yes, I mean Zoo Atlanta. True enough. <laughs> I mean, so what would, I mean, all right, let, let, let's take Predator out of the equation, like, you know, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. What would be another bad zombified animal to encounter? <sighs> hmm. For me, I think it would be apes. Yeah, probably, because they're stronger and faster than... 
I mean, we've seen from all the uh, Planet of the Apes movies that they would definitely fuck us up. And if they're, like, you know, zombified and mostly, you know, bulletproof unless you can hit them in the head, that might be a bad way to go. I mean, zombie rhinos could run you the fuck over, but they're also kind of slow-moving. Rhinos are no joke, you know, just on their own, you know? I mean, they're highly aggressive and territorial. Um, but their are, heads are a big target <laughs> if you got something that will penetrate those things. But unless you're rocking a fifty cal, I don't know if, if you're going to be able to do a headshot on a rhino, so you may be fucked. Yeah, I mean, rhinos are hippopotamus is a bad day. Yeah. Um... What about the duckbill platypus? <laughs> Zombie platypus. <laughs> Dude, it's venomous. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> We've already seen Zombiever, how that turned out, so. I mean, we could do a remake of Zomb Platypus. <laughs> I mean, that does sound like one of those stupid sci fi, uh, you know, channel horror movies. Platypus NATO. <laughs> I mean, at some point. Some people had to talk about putting sharks in tornadoes. I mean... Platypus earthquake. <laughs> Platyquake. <laughs> At this point, we've just gone off the deep end. That's it for news. We're going to transition to something else. Oh, I was, Well, here's here's the topic I want to uh, bring up for discussion, because I've been watching a lot of horror movies, and, and has technology ruined the slasher genre because everything that i've come come out you know we we talked about uh previously in news the fear street series that's uh currently running but it seems like everything that's of the silent killer variety are all set with the exception of that last halloween movie that came out all set in like a previous time like 80 stranger things like 80s 90s like it's like before we can kind of suspend disbelief enough, we have to set it in a time where there's no cell phones. <laughs> well, I think, for me, the reason that the 70s and 80s get so much slasher love is that was the era of free love. That was the era of experimental, you know, uh, just, you know, free will, carnal nature, um... You know, the, you know, em, embrace the here and now. Um, and I think that's why, you know, those well, eras think... get so much love. You know, the other thing is nowadays it's so much harder to have a good slasher because everybody's glued to a fucking cell phone at home. Nobody <laughs> goes outdoors anymore. Nobody's out in the woods. Well, like... That's the thing. I think that's why all these things are set in... 80s, 70s, 90s, because A, it's like, you know, there's always, people have to be isolated, and it's like, you know, we can't call for help, where nowadays, like, oh, there's a killer trying to get us, let me just text 911, or, you know, the cops don't believe me that there's a monster after me, but hey, here's this cell phone footage of this hockey mask wearing dude chasing me, and two, it's always like, dude, kids or teenagers, going off on like an adventure with the parents never checking on them. And nowadays everyone's like fucking Billy's like five minutes late. Let me go my track, my phone app and see where the fuck Billy's at. It's like, people aren't kids aren't given the freedom they were in those time frames. So it's like, I feel like to make it plausible 
they have to set it in these earlier time frames. Well, they can't I, do something set in like modern times. I mean, I I think at least can, nothing of that like said the slasher isolated. You know, you're, we got paranormal, a lot of paranormal shit happening nowadays for, as far as horror. But yeah, it's like your classic Jason Halloween type shit. All that stuff's almost has to be set in a simpler time to make it plausible. <laughs> well, here's the thing: Sasquatch, Bigfoot. Their sightings still occurring every day. And what do we have? We're surrounded by technology. The other thing, I can tell you, as a teenager, when I was up to nefarious, no good, you know, things, guess what wasn't with me? <laughs> or guess what was just conveniently turned off and the battery, I'm going to air quote here, was dead. <laughs> you know? I mean, and where did I go for these endeavors before, you know... I was an adult and, you know, had a valid ID and could rent hotel rooms or, you know, whatever. I went to the remote woods. And what's in the remote woods? I don't know, but I hear the hills have eyes. <laughs> Man, you're, you're, yeah, you're talking about a time when it was the 90s or, for me, like the 80s. So, it's, yeah, it's for, for kids to get themselves into that isolated danger or to I mean here's the deal go on a Goonies quest and, and no one called to check up on him it's like you almost got to set it in that previous time frame because I have not seen anything story wise like that that's set in a modern era here's the deal most kids these days would get themselves the, the killer wouldn't even come into the equation like they would not know how to handle themselves in the woods okay let's yeah, and like I said, someone would be like face deep in their iPhone, and you know, killer would just sneak right up on them and murk them. So it's like, yeah, we have to set it in a time without phones because otherwise it's just way too easy for Michael Myers to sneak up on your ass. <laughs> well, I mean, then again, like with so many of the slashers, even with like Michael Myers and stuff, like granted. He was supposed to be human, but I mean, dude. He was blown up, he was shot multiple times, and he still prevailed, like, you know, he is the shape, and that, to me, symbolizes something supernatural, you know? I mean, I don't... Then again, like... I don't I don't know, man. Like, I, I think it depends on your... I think we have to break down the U.S. by area and figure out where the most likelihood that you know a, a serial killer could emerge i yeah, mean you'd have to like set it in like remote like montana or something where you're, there's no cell phone connection <laughs> to do a modern day uh, uh i mean dude go into dawson forest see how well your you know cell connection works sure yeah, we probably could go back to the uh the Camp Crystal Lake style of things in modern times, you know, and just be like, all right, kids, you're banned from using cell phones this weekend. I'll block them in the box. I mean, dude, Jason <laughs> went to Manhattan, okay? <laughs> but still, that was like, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of still in the past. I, I mean, what about There's Rob Zombie's much. Halloween? I mean, that was... I, I don't know. I mean, It's been a few years. I, mean, I think that was, that was set in the 80s or 90s, though. I think it was... It was made to look like the old... Uh, yeah, now, that's my theory anyway. If uh, anyone has a 
example of a modern day slasher movie. Hit me up. Let me know. Tell me I'm wrong. Maybe there's something I need to add to the watch list that uh, not seen so far. Yeah, it's called Hostel. <laughs> and with that, uh, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CigarNerdPod. Get your energy at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. Get your smoking shirts before Dragon Con at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And with that, tomorrow never dies. <laughs> and this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.